G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Chewing the Bat, where we delve into numerous sporting topics within Australia and globally. In this episode, we're going to be talking ranking systems within tennis and looking at the progression from amateur to pro. My name's Jack, and I'm oncely, once gladly joined by good mate, Gus, Gus Bus. How you going? Good, thanks, Jack. Oncely glad to be here as well. <laughs> How are I'm, you? Haven't had my coffee this morning, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. I've had two. <laughs> Get into the Pepsi Max, maybe. <laughs> and um, we want to thank as well our producer, producer Frey, for joining us and helping us put together once again another good podcast, hopefully. Cheers, fellas. <laughs> All right, mate. We are going to be talking ranking systems, but before we delve into that, we, once again, sport of the week. Always. Okay? So for, for our... First listeners, okay, if you're just joining us, our sport of the week, we're going to be looking at tier C ranked sports. So what we think 95% of the population haven't played. And 80% might not know about. Yeah, I reckon that's fair. Yeah, I reckon that's, that's t- tier C. Doable. <laughs> All right, mate, what have you got for me this week? Me? Yeah. Okay, what I've got for you. You've been talking it up, by the way, so <laughs> this better be good. It's pretty good, but don't get your sights too high. Okay. It's all right. It's a sport that originates in Quebec in the 1980s, created by a PE teacher. Okay. Gee, this is niche. But I've watched highlights from the 2015 World Cup and there was something of a crowd there. So (laughs) you would call it TSC for that reason, I think. And it's called Kin Ball or Omi. Ominikin. Ominikin. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> Kinball. So it's played between three teams on one single court. Teams of four. It's just like an indoor sports hall kind of space. Right. So there's three teams. One team serving. What they do is three players hold up the ball. The ball, by the way, is 1.2 meters in diameter and it weighs a couple of pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. Is it even classified a ball still? <laughs> it's just a big... It's round. It's okay. a big ball. Oh, that's fair. So three of them hold it up. And the fourth person comes up to the ball, yells, Oh, Minikin! <laughs> and nominates the colour shirt of the team they're serving to. So, Oh, Minikin! Blue! And spikes it. Yeah. The aim is just to get the ball to hit the ground. Right. If the other team catches it, you can use any part of your body. I think that's like breaking so serve. So, once you like, catch it, you send you just send get, it to the other team. They get to serve. Right. If you catch it. But if you get the ball to hit the ground, you get a point. So, it's like a three-way... Three-way volleyball. Sort of, but there's no rally, I don't think. As far as I could tell. (laughs) It's just a straight up serve. I have not even come close to hearing about that. It doesn't look as fun as last week's. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. Jeez. That's a pretty good one. Thank you. It might have it could go in the top three. (laughs) Oh, stop it. (laughs) I'll take it. Look, I don't know if mine is as friendly and you always mine's bring a pretty, the contact. Yeah, mine's I'm a pretty finding. gruesome one. So it's not for you. It's not for the faint-hearted. I think it originated in Russia. It make it would make sense too. It's called. Of course it. Of it's, course it did. <laughs> it's pretty gruesome. I think it originated in Russia. <laughs> All right. Um. It's called ear pulling. Oh, stop it! That's not a sport. It's a sport, mate. That makes me feel very uncomfortable already. It's a sport. So essentially, it's one versus one. 
all right? And your players, your two players are sat on the ground, legs facing forward. Legs, legs touching? Yeah, so like kind of interlocking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Intimate. <laughs> it, it, it's not... I don't it's know. Not <laughs> what are you getting up to in your spare time? Mate, I haven't tried this yet. Okay. And essentially, so the player's ears are held together by like a thin bit of rope, almost like... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like pulling a like, tooth. Pretty much. So the aim of the game is obviously to pull away from your opponent. Okay. And you either win by the rope coming away from the ear or the player tapping out because it's too much pain. Oh, my word. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's actually so bad. There's no way people do this. There's, mate, it's, they have a world championships. Oh, stop it. Is there any other countries involved? Just, just Australia. Big in Alaska. Alaska. That actually Very checks out as well. <laughs> it's places where there's a lot of wilderness, a lot of snow. Not much else to do. Yeah. So they're just, and they're tough. This is probably they're one. Just, yeah. It's, I don't know if it's one that we would try. Yeah. I <laughs> doubt there's an Australian delegation going to the earpool champs. Although, <laughs> if you wanted to become an Australian representative, I reckon you could get in there quite probably easy. Probably could. Yeah. You might have to petition to, like, I don't even know, some it, of the just national academies. It's like if you want to get into the Olympics, you just got to find, like, one of the most niche sports you can. Absolutely. And get into it. European handball. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good. Apparently, that's pretty easy to get into the state teams. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Someone was telling us that. Our producers is pulling up a video at the moment of this ear pulling contest. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. All right. I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> Thanks, pulling. Jack. Glad you brought that into my life. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, well, thanks. Thanks for that, mate. Well, let's let's move on. <laughs> Before we get into some serious content, um, we want to thank, once again, of course, our podcast sponsor, Kiala Organic Beef. They produce 100% certified organic grass-fed beef and pork, straight from their local farm and straight to your door. In Toowoomba. In Toowoomba, man. How good's that? Very good. That's local. That is very local. Um, and we're right. a local podcast, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have a, a guest speaker on today, too, so stay tuned for that, um, who is also a local Local of local. <laughs> and he has been mentioned previously, so stay, stay tuned. Um, mate, we're going to be ripping into ranking systems, okay? Looking at the progression from amateur to pro, particularly within Australia, and comparing it also to the French ranking system and how they go about things at the moment. So currently in Australia, we see um, a really big hotshots program. So for those who aren't familiar with hotshots, it's a junior I guess participation program. Yeah, it's with, just an after yeah. school. It's not. It's, it's into tennis. Yeah, it's, it's down like Milo into cricket. It's yeah, exactly. So it's downsized nets. You know, you have um, lower, like you have compression balls, so softer balls that don't bounce as high for the kids. They're a little bit bigger. Yeah, and nice it's, and red. And it's all about participation. It's a bit of fun, and th- I think the idea of it is to then transition kids from that hot shots program up into more of a competitive environment. Well, if you're looking at that, the idea would surely be, whoever made it, I don't know, Tennis Australia, the idea would surely be through orange ball, through green dot, yep. into full pressure balls. Exactly. Do you think many kids are actually doing that? Or they just get jumped around a bit? It, it, it is a bit jumpy, um, especially with the coaching organisations I've, I've dealt with. Um, this, the system is simple enough to follow in terms of the progression, and it's quite an easy progression up to your higher levels. Mm. But it can get a bit messy. For example, if you're nine and a beginner, you're not going to get put in red ball. You might not even get orange. 
if no. there's not an orange ball lesson going on exactly. that you fit into. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a tough. In theory, it works well. You know, in terms of the like the technical element, reducing the size of the court for the kids, having balls that aren't bouncing as high. Um, but the biggest issue I think that we find with it is that the transition from hot shots to, I guess, more closer to normal tennis. Yeah, your competition tennis. Right. Um, so great. I think we have about seven hundred thousand participants in hot shots at the moment, which really? is really yeah, we're pushing the mill. <laughs> Come on, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Push the mill, mate. <laughs> that's going to be a good day for the Craig. The bat will be raised at the mill, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. That's actually a lot for our population. It is. Well, what are we at? Population? 26, 27 mil? 24, 24 maybe. Yeah, thanks, sure. Thanks, producer <laughs> But yeah, we're pretty close to pushing 1 million participants in our Hot Shots program, which is... Crazy. Yeah, it, it's awesome, to be honest. Um, now, the biggest talking point for us with that at the moment is the transition. So, at the moment, your kids that are progressing through this, wanting to play a bit more competitively, I, I'd say... So, what do they do? Well, like, where do they go from... Maybe they've progressed through the balls, different colours, maybe they haven't. They're onto full-pressure balls. They want to do a little bit of competition. What are you doing So as an 11-year-old? From that, we have junior-ranked tournaments within Australia which is great. Um, and on top of that, for those who, for the kids that are even better than that, they look at playing probably open tournaments. Yep. Um, now, your kids that are looking to compete, they're serious about the sport, they probably don't stick within like the system. Like you at age 11. <laughs> State representative, I State believe. rep. Under 12. Protégé. Protégé. <laughs> I remember Coach Zoran. if I do. Coach Zoran used to call us, our squad, the product. what is it, the protégés? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. I don't know. If I don't know if hype. you should apply it to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I fit the. I was in the fit the bill. Tennis school of excellence. School of excellence. Is what it was in school of excellence. Um, you can see that in me. I think it sort of shines through. Mate, waste of talent. I think you were. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get off. Me. Okay. <laughs> if you're actually competitive, what do you do? So, your competitive kids looking to play tournaments. They either they don't stay in Australia. I think really? for one they. They either transition, so your high school kids that are transitioning, a lot of them these days are looking to get into the American college system, um, which provides, it's a great opportunity for to get an education and also um, progress your tennis career. But Definitely. All, all your kids that are wanting to play professionally go to Europe. Yeah. Just uh, play money tournaments or? Money tournaments, junior ITFs, everything you want is in Europe. Yeah, and right. <laughs> so we're going to be That's their slogan, I think, <laughs> the EU. <laughs> Everything you want. <laughs> We've got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much where we find the fault is at the moment within the, the Australian system. We've got a great participation program within Hot Shots. The transition to your junior tournaments is pretty good. But from your junior tournaments through to your professional tournaments... So why... like? Do you think the ranking system is letting them down or is there just not enough tournaments of that level? I, I think you can, we can look at both, in particular the ranking system. Um, so our current Australian ranking system comprises of you get points for certain results and that's pretty much it. Simple. Simple. <laughs> very simple. Yeah, that was a quick rundown. Yeah. <laughs> pretty easy for me. Um, very. And there's a few pros and cons to that, I believe. So... It is simple and it's easy to rank players. It's easy to seed players for, seed players for tournaments. Um, but 
I also think it doesn't reflect a true value or a true rank. Why not? In terms of ability. For example. Tell me. <laughs> a lot of players, Not I'm not going to name any players at all in particular. <laughs> myself. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, so players, what, what they can do, they can travel elsewhere to rural tournaments, to interstates where away from your, you know. So maybe not... Not every, not as big of a field as going out there exactly. to play those tournaments. Exactly, and you could say that those tournaments out west and in rural countries are weaker. However, they still comprise of the same ranking points. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's where I think there's it, value out there if you have the money to travel. If out. you have the money to travel, you can you can get it done, cement a really good ranking, and then set yourself up. So Do you that, think that biases a little bit? You often see, especially the Australian system, a lot of the people coming through are at least fairly well off, who make it to professional level. I would I would agree with that. A yeah. lot of investment is sort of required. Yeah, it's it, it does favour those with the with a better I guess financial opportunity. Um, and yeah, once once again, it, it doesn't really reflect a true ranking system. So that's probably the biggest weakness in in what we have in Australia at the moment. And going back to your point about the number of tournaments, not many. Not many. <laughs> not that not that thick of a schedule. No, not that thick of a schedule. So, f- for example, in in Australia, we we run Australian money tournaments and AMTs. AMTs, we call. I've them. heard that name. <laughs> I've dabbled in a few AMTs in my time. Oh. <laughs> Dips the toes in here and there. Yeah, and similar to the junior system, um, you can travel. They run. They are held across Australia, um, and pretty much. The, the more money you have, the better access to traveling to these tournaments you have, the better off you'll be in terms of... Because you're just picking up ranking. points. Exactly. Yeah. You've got more... It's not always the case, obviously, but I, I think for a majority of, of your players, that's that's what's happening. Um, so we're going to be looking and comparing it in particular to the French system. Which is a system you think might be a bit better. I think so. We'll have to find <laughs> out though from our special guest. Craig, Craig should listen into this one, I reckon. <laughs> I think we've shouted him out every single... We haven't shouted... We've come at him every time. We've got some sort of forceful suggestion for him. Two blokes sitting in a small room. CT, one day he'll listen. One day. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. But before we jump into the French system, so we're going to be talking about the French system, how they rank their system and the tournaments that they run. Some lessons we could learn here in Australia. Exactly. We're going to give the viewers a little segment. A new segment? It's a new segment. Oh. Maybe a common one that, that, that a lot of people have heard before, but we're going to go with over-underrated. So Over or underrated? Exactly. So we're going to give each other three sporting topics. Pretty loosely related. Yeah, very loosely. Um, so whether we think the public is over or underrating them, that's probably worth making clear. Or just whether we personally Just, just yourself, mate. Just whether me personally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I've got I've got three for you. I've got three for you. Should we do three in a row? I'm going to give you three straight up. Okay, you go first. All right, my first one. Uh, yep. The underarm serve. <laughs> um, my gut instinct is underrated because not many people do it, but I'm not sure there's that much value in it competitively. It's funny. It's a good <laughs> bit of fun. I enjoy it when Kiggs throws an underarm out, but you is can, it actually that useful? I think you can win points from it, mate. You reckon like once every three games, maybe once a set? Maybe maybe like a 25% hit rate. It's the mental hit. Uh, uh. The dominance of going, 
<laughs> I'm underarming right now. <laughs> the serve is the most most influential it's like, shot. It's like I'm too good and I'm a showman. I'm gonna give you some underarm. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's it a would, bit of a kig's mentality. If you return but... it, you're like, jeez, look at this guy. <laughs> it could throws all... you off a bit. It does. It would. Have you ever copped an underarm serve? Well, not in like recently, I guess. Um, I'm sure you probably have at some point. I haven't. I've thrown one out. How'd it go? Good, mate. <laughs> Match point. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Going back a few years ago in Rockhampton. <laughs> that's too good. All right, oh, that's why you rated. So what? Over or underrated? What was it? I'm going to land on under, especially after our discussion just okay, now. Okay. You? Yeah, I agree. Like? yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Under- underrated? It's underrated. All right. Underrated. All right, my next one. Cameron Smith. <laughs> one of mine is somewhat related to yeah, this. good. <laughs> um, from sections of the public and the media, maybe you know what? Perfectly rated. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of conjecture. conjecture There's a bit of debate. There's a bit of debate. People still love him, respect him. Overall, like even people that pan him, like Hoops, for example, <laughs> is like great player, bad bloke. <laughs> yeah. But Hoops still will will say like he's one of the best of all time. So he still sort of gets it's his acknowledgement from probably everywhere. I'd think. So he kind of sits both sides. He does get... He's getting bagged out a little bit too much in the media, I think, for a bloke that's just retiring. Like, we don't need to debate him that much. We need to just be like, good job, Cam. Have a good one. Yep. But I think overall, pretty perfectly rated. Okay. That's good. Well, my third one... (laughs) I like this one. This is a good one. So, it's laying on the ground in celebration, but not in the final. Oh, so overrated. <laughs> I really... It's become so popular. I don't actually like it much. I Like, third round... What yeah, a, it's what a tough five-setter. Five epic, mate? Still it's no? It's just a bit much. Yeah. Because the, my problem with laying on the ground if it's not the final is... The, Where do you go Your opponent there? doesn't have to hang around. Like, in the final, your opponent hangs around for the trophy presentation, right? Yeah. They've got to the final, so they've, they've had a good run anyway. If it's the third round, they just want to get out of there. They want to do a quick handshake... Say good day to the umpire and get out. And head off, yeah. They don't want to watch you lying on the ground. <laughs> they just don't. I always feel really awkward for the loser because that make you have to be such a good sport to not lash out in that moment. Like, what are you doing? You mate? just have to wait patiently. Yeah. Go Zen mode and just sort of absorb it. Overrated then. Yeah. Well and truly. For me, yes. <laughs> okay. So really passionate on it apparently. All right. So the underarm serve underrated. Cameron Smith well rated. Well rated. Well rated. Yep. Laying on the ground in celebration, but not in a final. Overrated. Overrated. So overrated. (laughs) All right, what do you got for me? I got some good ones. I might start with my most, my least interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) That gets people involved. The NBA All-Star Dunk Contest. Oh, geez. Um, In particular this year? At, at this moment in time. So, looking at the past few, at this moment in time. I'm going to say... Oh, jeez. Overrated. Yeah. The reasons why is that... <laughs> I don't know whether it's because of COVID. There's no hype. There was no hype this year, even last the year. The crowd probably helps a lot. The crowd does help. But I, I think that in, t- in terms of selection, maybe they're not doing a good job. I remember going back to like, you know, Dwight Howard, you know... <laughs> You know, well, he that what was that like oh eight maybe yeah he was fresh Dwight it Howard. used to, I mean even going further back like Michael Jordan Dominique like it was good players Vince T Mac but then Kobe was in it when he was I think maybe a rookie maybe yeah. second year player I think like they got rejected a few times I think yeah. today <laughs> not today 
this year, like they reached out to people and the players just are not rating it at the moment. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I do feel I'm not tuning in as much. No. I'm not I'm not getting hyped as much. I'm not as G'd up. It wasn't it's not the highlight for me anymore. Great dunk still. They were <laughs> great dunk still. Yeah, pretty good. To be fair, that the problem is like I think we've all with YouTube we see all the dunks over and over. I feel like we've seen it all before. It doesn't blow our mind. Like one of Dwight's dunks in what oh eight or nine or whatever it was. Superman. Just, yeah, he just jumped really high. But it was a spectacle. A couple of people... Yeah, <laughs> he, jumped, he jumped very <laughs> high. It was a spectacle. <laughs> he didn't just jump really high, mate. <laughs> I'm not saying he didn't jump very high. I'm saying a couple of people jumped very high in this dunk contest and everyone went, eh. Yeah, that's, that's true. cool. You I guess it's jump. the hype of the player at the We've time seen too. It. Like Dwight was like in that's his prime. That's true. Maybe a, you need that star game. power. They wanted Zion, I guess, but Zion, would he ever do it? Probably not. I wouldn't if I were him. Or his knees. <laughs> just doesn't need any extra air time. He did miss a fair few dunks in the All-Star game. So. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, that was tough for him. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go overrated. All right, fair. Me too. In the crowd? Yeah. We're getting nods. I think that's consensus. Yeah. Okay. Cameron Smith's COVID beard from when he first came back <laughs> last year. He didn't maintain it very well, did he? I think he played one match with it. It's very Wolverine-esque. It's, oh, it's thick. I think it he played one thick. game and they lost, possibly. So he binned it. He which looks pretty devastating. Gee, I'm just having a look at it now. I'm going to say, you know what? I encourage everyone Under, to look that up. Underrated. Just Smith beard. I like it. Me too. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very grey. No, it's luscious. Yeah, it's I thick. think you should grow it, especially now. If I can do mode. that, I'd grow one. Oh, yeah, of course. Me too. <laughs> That's what I'm dreaming of. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah. Underrated for sure. I like that. Yeah, I'm let glad you said that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it looked... Pr- I guess it'd look pretty weird with the shave, like having a clean shave now though. I don't think I've... I feel like even when he's clean shaved, he grows that quick that it just has five o'clock shadow at least. <laughs> you wouldn't see him smooth. No. All right. Well, yeah, definitely definitely underrated. Okay. My last one is my favorite. Bryson DeChambeau's short game. Oh my God. Short game? Underrated. Yeah. <laughs> There's no buzz <laughs> for the short mate, game. We, we don't even need to talk about him off the tee. That's, just, no. that's incredible but, but he won the US Open last year and weren't they talking about it being a especially well, well, all technical they, and difficult course exactly and all they, all they talk about with Big Bryson is his his big drives no yeah. one's talking about his his ten his 20 foot chips into the hole no. <laughs> and he's like 18 foot putts you well know, apparently he's greens. like an absolute obsessive real scientist like thinks about the game a lot Man, he's putting in all this time. That's an easy one for me. That's yeah. yeah I'm he, glad you've said yeah, that. He is putting in a lot of time to the game, and no one. I get, you're right. No one respects his short game. Not enough buzz. No. You have to still have it. You can bang a big long drive, but he still has to approach the green. Yeah, anyone can bang. Oh, probably not anyone. <laughs> but you have you have long drive competition. You have long drivers, yeah. and that's all they do. Yeah. You, you got to be able to string some, it together. You need a little something. Un- underrated. I like underrated. That. I like that. Um. So, what, what did we have? I'm gonna go Bryson short game. Underrated. Underrated. Cam Smith's beard. Cam Smith's beard also underrated. Let it fly. Keep it going, son. <laughs> Dunk contest. <laughs> Dunk contest. Well and truly overrated. And on that. That's a shame. And on that, the All Star Weekend for me, it's growing towards more and more to be overrated. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's for kids. But yeah. I'll tune that's in. That's a topic for I'll, another day, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> I'll tune in. Yeah, I'll tune in. All right. Um, so let's let's continue with our with our tennis chat and our ranking systems chat. So let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. So we've just had a little discussion about the Australian ranking system, um, the progression from junior to pro. 
and what we're lacking at the moment um, with with tournaments and our and our style of ranking system. The French system they've been doing it very well. So so well we before anything else yeah. we better welcome our local local superstar guest. We have a very 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 special Taylor local Magic guest. Up Magic. Hey guys, how are we doing? Good mate, how are you going? Is Good it true mate. that your middle name is Pierre? I heard that. Yeah. I have Pierre. heard that. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to say it's not. A little French influence? No? <laughs> it's not. That's a shame. That is a shame. It would have given you a bit more credibility for the upcoming segment. Would have. Wikipedia said it was. <laughs> I've got a Wikipedia page, do I? <laughs> I may have created it. <laughs> <laughs> Reference one of one. <laughs> Taylor Magic, French uh, money tour champion. An expert. An expert. Um, mate, thanks for coming in. We're going to be, you're going to be helping us, well, hopefully, talk about and get an understanding on the French system. And I believe you've played a few French tournaments before. You've traveled France. Absolutely. Spent a couple of months over in France in 2014 um, and then have played the French Polynesian tournaments over in New Caledonia. At the same time? Uh, not the same time. No, oh, a couple geez. of years apart. Just had a little taste. Just just a little, <laughs> wanted a bit more. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, so in... In France, let's go back to in French, France in particular. Um, so you played, am I right to play, you say, money tournaments, is it? Um, I call them the French money tournaments over there. I, they're the equivalent of the AMTs. Right, in, in here. Here, yeah. Okay, and they run a little bit differently. They are a little bit different. Um, Actually, a lot different. Very, very <laughs> different. So they're a lot longer. Um, and then it's the ranking system that really sets them apart. So, so what's different with the ranking system? Um, so think of the ranking system more as a pyramid. You've got your top players at the top, your bottom players down the bottom, but there's different tiers to that pyramid. Right. Um, like the food pyramid. Like the, Exactly <laughs> like the food pyramid. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a visual learner, Jack. <laughs> I thought he was going to say pyramid scheme at first. <laughs> um, but over there, you have a ranking or a classment, and that's a group of players. Yeah. You, when you enter a tournament, you're only playing players that are one classment below you. So it's like a handicap system. It's exactly a handicap system. Right. It's exactly it. So um, one below, one above? One below, one above. So you play your first match as a player that's below. Your next match will be someone that's equal to or above your ranking. And then the more matches you win, the higher that rank goes, obviously. So it's rare to see players that are winning two, three, four matches in a tournament. Right. You're entering a tournament to... At your level. At your level, you're going to win You're gonna win a tough first match. Yep. You're going to potentially lose a tough second match, maybe even a third match. So then would you say maybe a 50% win rate would be pr- a pretty good... If you're at 51% over a season, you're, you're killing really it. That's really interesting. Good... So you are entered into the... To- so if you're a higher ranked or higher class or more... you <laughs> enter. It's not bad. You <laughs> enter the tournament later? Yes, exactly. So you're, um, you're top, your top guys, your negative 30s, it's their top rank. Um, they can enter into the semi-finals or quarterfinals of a tournament, so they right. don't. They essentially don't have to go through the start of the tournament where they're playing players, you know, ranked lower than them. They don't have to go through a couple of bagels at the start of a tournament, right? Okay, which is very handy for everyone. Exactly. It's interesting. It's a little bit more of logistics in getting it all organized because you couldn't 100%. have too many of one ranking signed up to the same tournament, right? No. So there are tournaments where they kind of say like there'll be a ranking of a zero. It's kind of like your midpoint. Mm. Um, tournaments say no one above a zero. So zeros oh. and below can play this tournament. And then there's other tournaments which are, you know, negative 30s down and stuff like that. So they do kind of separate it a little bit. Gotcha. Right. Um, and then within that, there's also series. So you've got your first series, second series, third series, which then separate the classments even more. Right. So, okay. That does make sense. So when, when you were traveling around, what did you find like the most 
beneficial thing from this like kind of ranking system? What did you really enjoy from it? It's the the next match after a loss. You lose a match, you got to back like next tournament because you lose your match, you've already got another tournament to go to. Yeah. So you ha- you get to that tournament, you got to beat this guy who has just won a match against someone. He's looking to get a good performance against you because you can't move up in the ranking system unless you beat players of a higher rank. Right. So you lose and essentially straight away you're looking at the next tournament. Yeah. So and, how um, much do you have to win to move up? I think it's it depends on the amount of cl- sorry the uh, the higher ranked player above you if you can yeah who like who you're beating exactly so if you're beating if you're a zero and you're beating a negative two six that's one ranking above you that's going to be plus one to your ranking you need maybe 10 of those over a season whereas if you can get a a negative four six or if you're amazing and you beat a negative 15 which is two or three ranks above you you might only need three of those matches over a season right right get a bump up there is the it's more you have to beat better players like there's the incentive to beat better players and there's also the incentive if worst players are beating you your ranking takes a hit yes which i think that's where it differs hugely obviously from our current ranking system so within tournaments whether you agree with this or not our current tournaments in australia you lose say a first round or second round you go into the consolation draw Mm. you know and it's commonly known around the traps as the bin <laughs> so automatically, you put know, in the bin. Put them in the bin. So automatically, those the kids and your adults that are losing in your first round, going into the constellation mindset. You know, it's not a great thing. There, a lot of kids are thinking, "Oh, I'm playing with you know worse players." You know, I'm out. I'm outside the main draw. Whereas in comparing it to the French system, you don't really get that mindset. That same mindset. Not at all. Every match is you know where each other stand. You know, if I'm the better True. player, I, I've got to beat you, and I know you really want to beat me to boost your ranking. Yeah. So, you know, you're just there's, there's no on. consolation. Just you're playing tournaments and yeah. every match is... Really important. It is. It there's is. no early phase or consolation phase of a tournament. It's just... No, no, no. You're there to play ball. Yeah, it's such a different structure. It's just like an ongoing ladder around the country. Correct. And the tor- they're called tournaments, but it sort of just facilitates like ladder matches. That's 100% it. Right. So, traveling around. So, com- compared to here, we probably lack in the amount of tournaments... Um, especially in AMT, so Australian money tournaments, mm-hmm. um, or in particular in our region around southeast Queensland. How many tournaments were you playing? And did they have you know a lot of tournaments during the week? Was it particularly on weekends or was it pretty much running all year through? So they, they're quite good at scheduling over there. Um, a lot of the towns talk to each other and the tournaments are really close to each other. So you can play, I was at some stages playing three or four tournaments a week. Wow. Um, That's I was looking up the other day. They have you're a machine, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to stay fit. Um, but they have, I think, twelve thousand tournaments a year is what I saw on, a, on their website wow. the other day. Um, now that's that's I think including club tennis as well, which is a different story. But you can play forty, I think forty five tournaments over a summer is what most that's most people kind of matches. For. That's match. No, no, no tournaments. So that's a couple. That's tournaments, right? That's a couple or a few a week, I guess. Once again, not a math podcast. I always struggle with this. <laughs> I think you can get about three if you really want to pump it four or five a week. But you, you can get three tournaments a week pretty easily wow. in a small area as well, which is the big thing. I find playing tournaments out here, um, you know, Jacko and I, we've traveled out to, I don't know, Harvey, Far go, and wide. Yeah, Harvey Bay, <laughs> Rockhampton, all over the place. Whereas yeah. over there within a two-hour radius, you're playing like every single day, new, new town every day. So that's so much less expense. Much less. Like much no travel less. expense, essentially. You could just live at home or, you know, wherever. Because mm. usually it's cheaper, if, even if you're just renting somewhere long term. It's a lot cheaper than 
hotel expenses plus you're traveling massive and then it also kind of it balances out the um like you guys were saying before those players that do go out to those rural areas to pick up points mm. it's not so much about going to the rural areas you've got to go to where there's players like if i'm a if i'm a zero you you're I've hunting got to, i've got to go find players that are you know negative two six those True. ranks above you, me, there's so. no use going out to try and sign up for a lower ranked tournament exactly you're probably going to lose to someone below you and potentially Just lose ranking tank yourself exactly so there is the incentive to kind of stick to those bigger cities which then helps keep the rankings high yeah amazing so in all you you back the system oh, 100%. Mate, it's, it's it's an awesome system it, it promotes the right right way to play tennis i feel yeah and i guess it it's it's true when you see you know your players in your top 200 i think in in france is about 18 mm. This is in, the men's in the, tour? In the, in the men's, men's tour. tour, yeah. I'm sure maybe it might be similar in the women's. I'm not too sure, but... I think it's men's, a little less. In the yeah, in the men's, we got... In the French men, there's 18 in the top 200. Mm -hmm. In Australia, I believe, there's about eight or nine. Mm. So, it yeah, shows. Double us, yeah. yeah. Big difference. What's the population difference? Big population difference. Off the top? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, however... Sure it's yeah, I, I think France also have just a larger percentage of people playing tennis and com competition. 67, 67 million. million that's a lot of people in france people. Wow, so more than double so we're doing well proportion yeah, wise yeah. <laughs> to be fair <laughs> all right so going back to the system mate so we think that it would be a good thing for the australian system to integrate what f france are doing do you think we would benefit from it here massively um i think it, it's a good pathway to kind of bridge that gap from where you, your juniors exit the junior tour and they're starting to look to play open tournaments yep um, if they can now, you know, find players that are their level and they can then hunt to try and beat better and better and better players, it's not just that they're entering tournaments and, yeah, you know, playing. Right. So, there. producer Frey has just given us, or highlighted, 7% of the French population plays tennis, 5% of the Australian population does. Mm. So, do you think we're just dropping off at that sort of high intermediate or high competitive before professional level? I found over there that everybody plays tennis whether you're that professional level or just like a, a club player um you keep playing you everyone plays there's, we probably you know, we drop off a bit tournament. there's a bunch of old guys on the, on the courts playing at a very very good level sipping some wine yeah sipping some wine <laughs> ripping some balls some cheese <laughs> <laughs> must That's be the nice. lifestyle there's a great lifestyle over there so they're more a lot more emphasis on the club culture massive and social aspect massive yeah like we don't i mean i don't know about you guys tennis clubs but we don't really have that here much not much. You you do find it sometimes in maybe rural areas where like the locals kind of get around the Makes tournaments sense. a little bit. Um, I saw it recently in Harvey Bay where um, the locals would come and cook a barbecue, have a few of the, the veterans of the club come and watch. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah, which is good, but we don't see it as much or as much as I'd like. As much as it sounds like. Yeah. So, um, we are though seeing a little bit of a progression towards this system within Australia through the UTR rank system. So in it essentially quite similar to france in terms of how they rank it um but it's more with often algorithm so i think it came into play maybe a year ago the utr so we've got utr pro tournaments we've got junior tournaments um and it's completely uh independent of the australian ranking system um do you think that this utr system similar to the french is something that we should push forward with within australia and, Absolutely. and do you see any weaknesses in it at the moment that you fix um i mean it's like to me it looks like the french system like the rankings are the same you've got your numbers you've got your what is it one through 16 i think yeah, yeah. um so you you can make your french style tournament mm -hmm. it's just 
they're not at the moment. They're still keeping <laughs> it that same. Everyone starts round one that. and your seeds get a buy. I, I don't see why they can't. So they've got more of the ranking system, but not the not tournament, the tournament structure. structure. Right. Correct, yeah. So I guess the struggle, if CT is listening, which, you know, he always does. <laughs> he writes into us. If CT is still listening... Still hasn't responded to the emails. <laughs> he's probably saying, so give me something, boys. How do we actually institute it? How do we get it going? Do you think it's more tournaments or more backing from the private clubs or or is it Tennis Australia completely reshuffling the structure of the tournaments? I honestly think it starts at kind of a grassroots. I think it's going to start with a few tournaments, like private tournaments, maybe a, um, a club will put on a French-style tournament and use the UTR ranking system to build yeah. it. Well, I think once that starts, then we can start to maybe Craig Tiley does <laughs> say you know what that's a great idea we can start a few ar tournaments like that or whatever way it goes but um i don't see tennis australia making the change yeah i um i think it's going to start outside tennis australia and if it can grow and it, you know i i think it's the right system so i think it will grow and then maybe it does make that change over to our normal way of yeah. playing tournaments so since it's not there yet in the current system of just more of a traditional australian tournament set up How's the rank? Like, do you lose points if you lose earlier in the rounds or? You can only gain points. You can only gain I points. I mean, if, let's say I'm starting on zero and I play five tournaments over the year, I'm only going to gain points. Whereas if, if I play that sixth tournament, no matter my result, I'm you. still going to keep my points that I've won from the past five. Gotcha. So that's where I think the fundamental difference comes with the French tournaments is that. You're just sliding up and down as you um, go. Yeah, there's the incentive to show up and play every match. Yeah, so um, essentially l comparing them, mm -hmm. okay? So if you were to transition your French to to Australia, we'd want more tournaments in Australia. More tournaments. Maybe a restructure of the, each individual tournament to have it more of like a tiered section. And I'm guessing that would hopefully create a bit more of like a, a bit more culture Absolutely. around our tournaments. So I think that'd be great to Which see. Which is not bad at all. Well, I feel like the emphasis is probably going to have to be on the clubs anyway, like you said, because we don't have, for one thing, we just don't have as many villages or towns built up. Like we just have regions. Like think of the sunny coast. There's heaps of tennis centers, but there's not actually like, you're just still in the sunny coast. So it has to be emphasized that you're playing at this club's tournament. Like you're playing at the Hyatt or whatever. Yeah. And then the culture has to come in following that. Like, this is where I play tennis. I'm going to go down that weekend and get around it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. So, yeah, in all, for me anyway, and I think we all agree with this, is if we can transition to the French system, we're on. We're on. <laughs> we are on. <laughs> Do you think 18 in the top 200? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Soon come. We've got the players, mate. Yeah, There's a few lucky yeah, in the lower sure. hundreds, I reckon. For sure. All right, mate, we're going to finish. I'm going to give a little surprise one for our guest speaker here today. So, we've been... Um, talking about starting our segments with Sport of the Week. Now, I have been chatting to him throughout the last couple of weeks and Taylor's hit me with a very niche Sport of the Week. That's, yeah, that's only from a specific region in a certain country. And I think, is, am I right to say that you can only play this sport if you're from that if area? you're from that area and born within like Stop a it. small part <laughs> of the city. That's so exclusive. <laughs> very exclusive. Go. What it's, is it? Uh, Florentine football. Yeah, right. So, is it from Florence? It is from Florence. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> um, so, it's pretty much handball is kind of the best way I'd like to look at it, except you can beat the other guys up. It, it's oh, like full on. It. 
you got to beat the other guys up to get them down and then put your ball in the goal. Right, man, we're going real aggressive with our so sports it, of the week. These guys yeah, a little M- bit of that. <laughs> these guys are MMA fighters. Like, you look at them, they are built, they're massive, and they're just so out there to kill each striking. other. it's striking? It's not just, like, tackling? It's, it's or... striking, it's tackling. I watched a video where one guy was on the ground, the other guy's on top, beating up this what? guy. What? Oh. Ground and pound. It is one of the most brutal sports I've ever seen. So it's That's a mixture outrageous. of MMA and football. That's a perfect way to put it. Are there referees to call players off i i think so i didn't it's i don't very, think anyone wants medieval. to be on the field yeah. It's very it's, yeah it's very much like i feel like the obvious extension of that if you're a violent person which we try not to be here <laughs> but if you were i was such a meaningful look at you yeah why'd you look at me <laughs> no, no reason mate um you the obvious extension as a as a violent player would be like incapacitate them or knock them out and mm. then just walk the ball to the goal mm. so i feel like that's like, why would you just tackle someone and then try and scramble off? It would be a lot of, like, next-level violence. It's a bit Absolutely. It's a bit like chess boxing. So, do you find, like, an in-between <laughs> of being good at both? Or do you niche in football or True. do you niche in MMA? Niche in MMA. Interesting. I think, I think in those mixed sports, you have to niche in the combat version. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I mean, if you get beaten up before, you it know, be, half-time, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how good you are putting that ball on the goal, yeah. you're, you're <laughs> off the field. Oh, yeah, that's very... That, man, that's that's probably, a good one. That's, that's, a, that's a great one. That's all time. <laughs> that is all time. Thanks, boys. But why would they limit it? Maybe they don't want all the liability of spreading the sport. I think that's a big part of it. Too many industries. <laughs> <laughs> only Could locals. Get a bit dangerous. <laughs> legal, legal liability. I don't know. They just want only locals. As the boys will just get it done. It's a tough time these days. <laughs> just All absorb right. any injuries. All right. Well, um, th- thanks for that, mate. And also, thanks for coming in and, ha- and having a chat to us about the French ranking system, um, giving us your insight, what you've done. And yeah, talking about how we could use it within Australia. Hopefully, yeah. we get going a bit. Yeah. So, thanks for coming in. Been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And, thanks, Magic Cup. And yeah, once again, we want to thank our. Produce, uh, podcast sponsor Kiala Organic Beef and, and our producer and our producer producer Frey so once again getting a salute <laughs> or a dabbing oh, no. dab oh god <laughs> you're out, out mate you're done he's done <laughs> put him in the bin <laughs> and uh, once again mate thanks Gus for joining me and thank you Jack yeah we'll, we'll see you next week see you then <laughs>